Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 102, and I'm drinking Patron Tequila. With each episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. So, I chose Patron Tequila for this episode because it simply created the premium tequila category. Also, almost everybody knows Patron. It's a great brand, and there's a lot of people behind the brand's story. So, it's an interesting one to tell. And it's taken me a little while to get to Patron to tell its story. So, the bottle I have for the tasting is Patron Silver, which is the unaged version of the tequila. I've got a standard 750 milliliter bottle. It is 40% alcohol by volume, making it 80 proof, and it retails for about $50 US. The first thing you'll know about Patron if you buy it retail rather than at a bar or restaurant is Patron comes in a box. It always has. So the silver is in the brand's bright green color. I love it. It's got the bottle printed on two sides and then the black logo. I'm going to open it as I describe this. So it is in a paperboard box. It's got a nice engineered way to hold the bottle in with a little tray. Also, every bottle of Patron is wrapped in a tissue paper. So the silver is in green. And as you take the tissue paper off, you get a clear glass bottle which is hand-blown. They do use molds, but it is a handmade glass bottle. The bottle is capped by a natural cork stopper that's a large ball. It's probably a little more than an inch wide, maybe three centimeters or so. There is a green ribbon that's the brand color ribbon with a hang tag around the neck. There's a green strap holding the cork onto the top of the bottle. There is some clear shrink wrap just to keep it all sealed up. Labels on the front of the bottle are silver ink on a clear sticker so that you see mostly the glass, but it does say tequila 100% de agave, silver Patron, there's a B logo, hecho en Mexico or made in Mexico, and proof and volume information. The back label is primarily just legal information, barcode, that kind of thing. But critically, on this side of the bottle, there is a small tag It is individually hand-signed and numbered. Every bottle of Patron always has been. So it's a beautiful bottle. Everyone is individually made. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this. I'm taking the hang tag off. Let's get through the plastic. This is a necessary step. You want it to actually be sealed in this way so that you know it's, one, not going to spill if anything goes awry in shipping. But also, you just know that it's fresh. Okay, got the plastic off. And then the paper strap will just break as I open it. See if we get a pop. (laughs) Indeed. And we'll go for a pour. I am, of course, tasting this Patron Silver Neat using a clean Glencairn glass. It's a whiskey nosing glass. lets you really see the spirit, smell the spirit, and, of course, taste it. And the glass, it is clear, just clear like water. It's got a few, I'll call tears or legs, just you can see it as you swirl it on the nose. Oh, 
that's nice. It is tequila in one of the purest forms. You get a nice citrusy note to it. And if you drink tequila, you'll recognize the smell of the agave is kind of that fruity citrusiness that you get on the nose. That's quite nice. All right, let's go for a taste. It is amazingly smooth. The Patron has taken smoothness to a new height. There's also a, a clean, refreshing taste to it. It's not overly bold, is one of the things I would describe Patron Silver as. It doesn't smack you in the face in any way. It's got flavor beyond like a vodka, for instance, but it's not an aged version, so you don't pick up woodiness or anything like that. It's just clean, smooth, and light. You do get a bit of a uh, black pepper finish to it. It's a little peppery, and it's pepper is the correct spice description that I get. It's not like a chili pepper, and it's not a burn of the ethanol. It's a, a black pepper spiciness, but light on the finish. Now on to the history. Patron is the story of a few people being in the right place at the right time with the foresight and determination to pursue something that had never been done before. There's also a healthy dose of luck involved along with some misfortune. But two of my big takeaways from the story of Patron are it helps to know famous connected people and it also helps to have the financial backing to turn a side business into something astoundingly successful. So here we go. Patron was founded by John Paul DeJoria of John Paul Mitchell Haircare fame and his business partner, Martin Crowley, in 1989. DeJoria started his hair care empire in 1980 and was introduced to Martin Crowley from a mutual friend at a party. Both men had been serial entrepreneurs and by all accounts a friendship quickly followed from their first meeting. Crowley was running an architectural import business at the time, sourcing artisan-created materials from Mexico, specialty tiles and ceramics, furniture, that sort of thing. DeJoria was in the midst of building or redecorating a home of his in Southern California, and Crowley offered DeJoria a deal on his products, striking up a business relationship from the get-go. The story goes that the two men were sitting in DeJoria's living room one day around 1989, drinking some shots of tequila, but it was a bit rough. So DeJoria asked Crowley, somewhat rhetorically, what tequila do the aristocrats in Mexico drink? And he sent Crowley on a mission to find the best on his next trip to Mexico and bring some back for them to drink. So Crowley did just that, and Patron was discovered. Crowley had his driver take him to every tequila distillery they came across in Jalisco, Mexico. And it was at Casa Siete Lenguas where he found it. This was tremendous luck. A diamond in the rough. The distillery had been only exporting to one customer, someone in Japan. And the rest was all for domestic Mexican consumption. The distillery was producing 100% agave tequila in a traditional manner. And they had recently brought on a full-time consultant to help with production a man responsible more than anyone else for the liquid inside the bottle, Francisco Alcarez. Francisco would be Patron's master distiller until the summer of 2020. This was the culmination of a career that included his appointment in 1968 by the Mexican government as the first tequila inspector. 
As a trained scientist and with an impeccable palate, Alcarez had a hand in raising the bar for the tequila industry. In 1982, he became an independent consultant, and prior to working with Casa Siete Lenguas, he designed a distillery in Mexico for Pinot Ricard. Martin Crowley took two bottles of this tequila home and shared it with two people, his girlfriend, Ilana Edelstein, and then John Paul DeJorio. Ilana Edelstein would come to have a big hand in the first decade of Patron, but saw no financial gain from it and has no ownership stake at all. Edelstein told her story in the book, The Patron Way, published in 2013. It has a foreword by John Paul DeJorio, but carries a big legal disclaimer on the copyright page stating it is in no way affiliated with Patron. That said, I've used it as a source for much of the early part of this episode. As Edelstein tells it, when Crowley returned from his trip with the bottles of tequila, they were living together and he insisted she try some. She professed not to be a fan of tequila because most at the time was rough and not a very good quality spirit. But she gave it a taste nonetheless and was won over. The brand came to fruition nearly in one night between the two. Crowley came up with the name Patron because it was easy to pronounce, had an aristocratic, dignified air to it, and meant essentially the same thing in all the Romance languages. The boss, or godfather. The pair pulled a bunch of perfume bottles out of their bathroom to use as inspiration for the bottle design. They wanted a handcrafted look for the brand to suggest the contents were precious and rare. Edelstein had a piece of green ribbon she tied around the bottle's neck, and Crowley had a small golden honeybee charm that was inspiration for the bee as icon on the bottles. Crowley sketched some potential labels, and Patron was on its way. When Crowley took the bottle of tequila to DiGiorgio to try, he told him this was the best in Mexico, but with Francisco Alcarez's help, they could make it even better. DiGiorgio tried it and said something to the effect of, wow, Martin, you're right, this is it, we're partners. He then instructed Crowley to go back to Mexico, get Alcarez involved, and purchase 1,000 cases. The thinking was, even if they couldn't sell it, they'd have the best tequila to themselves. DiGiorgio played the role of banker and funded the operation. Crowley returned to Mexico and secured the source by agreeing to buy 100% of production and providing all of the packaging and bottling materials. The owners thought him a bit crazy, but who could say no to guaranteed sales? Also, they let Alcarez work directly with Crowley on the brand. They wanted to make a few tweaks, make it a little better. And so Crowley and Edelstein blasted through a bunch of expenses to make the package worthy of the product in the bottle. And I think they did. With a healthy dose of naivete, they proceeded to build the brand. Nobody had created a premium tequila before. This was 1989, before the internet, and to make Patron a success, they went for tastemakers. This included exhibiting at industry trade shows, where Luck put the Patron booth right at the entrance, and with their outsider's perspective, it made them approach it as if it were a car show, for instance. And so they decided to deck out their booth with booth babes, which were attractive women in tight dresses. They stood out for sure, as the other spirits companies were more, shall we say, business-focused. In the early years, they really tapped into DeJoria's famous friends and connections. Bottles of Patron were thrust into the hands of celebrities at parties, and ended up getting a lot of free press coverage out of it. 
But what Patron also knew was their tequila was top-notch, better than anything else on the market. So to prove it, in 1991, they organized a blind tasting against the leading brands of tequila at the time, hosted at Wolfgang Puck's Spago restaurant in West Hollywood. The guest list included over 100 tastemakers and celebrities, notably Tom Cruise and Arnold Schwarzenegger, among many others. They also hired Ernst & Young to oversee the judging. Patron prevailed because it really was the best product, and it really gave the brand credibility. A guerrilla style of marketing and distribution defined the early years. They didn't do any advertising that was paid for a long time. They worked a lot of promotions and sponsorship opportunities, riding on the coattails of DiGiorgio's John Paul Mitchell Systems in many cases. Clint Eastwood was an early fan of the brand, and in an unpaid product placement, Patron gets a lot of prominent screen time in the 1993 film In the Line of Fire. Patron was also in limited distribution early on, only available in California at first. And because the owners of the brand had no experience in the spirits industry, they were pretty much making it up as they went. And they learned a lot about the liquor, import, regulations, and the like. Martin Crowley really ran the company, with DiGiorgio participating in promotions, mostly. One tidbit of learning they had early on was to standardize the bottle. The recycled glass bottles were all hand-blown in Mexico, but they had very slightly in size or volume. They also initially tried capping the bottles with a glass stopper, more like a decanter. This didn't prove to work well. Then they went to a glass ball on top of a piece of cork, but they were trying to glue the glass onto the cork, and this <laughs> proved not to work either. So they finally went to the one-piece all-cork. It's, it's not actually one-piece, but it's all-cork closure for the bottle. The Alcohol Tax and Trade Bureau, the TTB, also has requirements for the amount of free space or air in a bottle, and shipments would get held up in customs because the bottles and stoppers varied slightly. So, Patron standardized the bottles with the use of molds, though they remained hand-blown by glass artisans. Getting distribution was also a learning experience for Patron, and Crowley in particular. Jim Beam was the first major distributor for Patron, but their vision was that Patron might only ever hope to sell 20,000 cases a year. This didn't match the founder's aspirations for Patron, so they parted ways. Next, they thought they hit the big time when they signed on with Seagram's as a distribution partner. Seagram's had much more power in the partnership due to size, and Patron needed them more than they needed Patron. Seagram's also knew how the industry worked, and their contract reflected this, giving them ownership through milestone achievement, including a guaranteed purchase minimum, which made Crowley happy, but they didn't guarantee sales. So Seagram's played the long game and warehouse Patron, but didn't push it, suppressing the sales to give themselves a better deal when equity stakes came up at the end of their contract. Crowley eventually wised up to this, and he sued Seagram's. It was a court case that he lost, costing Patron more than $20 million. DeJoria refused to take on debt to cover the judgment, but allowed Crowley to finance it himself. Sales continued to grow, and they covered the costs, but what this did was convince Patron to distribute themselves, taking more control of their brand. During the brand's time with Seagram's, it was also when Francisco Alcarez became a full-time Patron employee. 
Seagram's built a new tequila factory in Mexico with the intention to produce Patron there, but the quality wasn't up to the standards, and with Alcarez's help, they convinced Seagram's of this fact. The work with Seagram's also introduced Ed Brown to the brand. Brown worked at Seagram's while the brand was in their portfolio and kept in touch with Crowley and DiGiorgio after the two companies had parted ways. Brown rose in the ranks of Seagram's, becoming director of their Asia-Pacific division, but with his job shifted to Asia and Patron needing a CEO, Ed Brown was hired on as CEO of Patron in 2000. By the end of the first year of the new millennium in 2001, Patron had annual sales of 120,000 cases. But this was still via what was essentially a contract distiller. Patron didn't own the distillery. So in 2002, they set up their own operation, creating the start of what would become Hacienda Patron. Francisco Alcarez oversaw the design, replicating the small batch process that made Patron a success in the first place. This caused a rift with Siete Leguas, the original distiller, and they refused to continue making Patron. All the brand had was unaged silver tequila to sell, so they focused on that. Patron's aged Reposado and Añejo had been introduced early on, as was Patron XO Cafe, their coffee liqueur that launched in 1992. But by 2002, Ed Brown focused Patron's sales efforts on silver, while Alcarez focused on getting their own production up and running. Hiring also expanded under Brown's leadership, bringing an experienced sales force to help grow the brand, and this all worked out, with sales of silver reaching half a million cases on its own by 2005. And by the following year, in 2006, Patron hit the million case sales mark for all expressions of Patron. But going back a few years to 2003, it was fortunate timing that Ed Brown was brought on board as CEO to run the company. Martin Crowley died alone in the British overseas territory of Anguilla, in the Eastern Caribbean. He had a heart condition that ultimately ended his life. Anguilla was Patron's corporate headquarters at the time. Crowley had enjoyed living the high life for more than a decade that Patron's success had afforded him, and Anguilla is where he had liked spending time, and that's where the headquarters of the company ended up being moved. Two years prior, Ilana Edelstein and Crowley had broken up They'd never married, though most described the pair as life partners. Edelstein had helped out with building the Patron brand, but would ultimately end up with zero stake in the company following court cases while Crowley was still alive. It was sort of like a divorce, but more of an eviction as the couple shared a home together and Edelstein was dependent on Crowley financially. But when Crowley died, Ed Brown had been courting the Campari group to buy Patron at Crowley's request. The deal was never done, and DiGiorgio called it off anyway. Brown says he didn't want the company to be sold, so was happy with the outcome. Yet Crowley had a will in which he left everything, including his stake in Patron, to educate underprivileged children, meaning a group of trustees for Crowley's estate controlled half of Patron. However, Crowley and DiGiorgio had a buy-sell agreement they had both signed in 1996, which stated that should one of the partners die, the others had first rights of refusal to buy their stake. The long and the short of Crowley's legacy was DiGiorgio exercised his rights with a low offer the trustees rejected, and then the courts in Anguilla said the buy-sell agreement was invalid. 
DeGioia went to the British courts. Meanwhile, Bacardi made an offer to the trustees of Crowley's estate for his half a Patron for $175 million, which they accepted contingent on the outcome of the British courts. DeGioia was essentially pissed, and he eventually countered with a near three quarters of a million dollar offer. The trustees wanted that, but they had already agreed to Bacardi's offer. Blah, 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 court battles, and five years after Crowley's death, John Paul DeGioia ended up with 70% of Patron's ownership, and Bacardi owned a 30% stake. Since the 2010s, tequila as a category has exploded. Patron hit 2 million cases in 2012 and added more than a million more to reach 3.1 million annual case sales at the close of 2020. The story of John Paul DeJoria as Patron's owner came to an end in 2018. In January of that year, it was announced that Bacardi would acquire DeJoria's stake of the business for $5.1 billion. They closed the deal in April of 2018 and acquired all of Patron Spirits, which included the tequila brand, as well as Pirate Rum and Ultima Vodka brands started under Martin Crowley's leadership. DeGiorgio continues as a brand ambassador for Patron. Today, Patron continues to lead the premium and ultra-premium tequila market with limited editions and special bottlings expanding the core range. The Hacienda Patron has grown into a full-fledged brand headquarters with production facilities and more. There's even a chapel for the workers and on-site composting facilities. So this is a good segue into how it's made. Patron says that 60 hands touch each bottle of Patron. They, of course, start with top-quality Weber Blue Agave harvested by Hemidors. They cut the leaves off of the plant to reveal the heart, or the piña. It looks like a large pineapple, and that's why it shares the Spanish name. The piña are transported to Hacienda Patron, where they're hand-chopped and hand-stacked in large brick ovens, where they'll bake for three days. Coming out of the ovens, the chopped piña are crushed with a roller mill, and some is diverted to the traditional volcanic stone Tahoma wheel. The juices are collected and then fermented for at least 72 hours in open-top wooden fermentation vats. It's then distilled in small batches in handmade copper pot stills, of which there are at least a dozen at the Hacienda. This being the silver tequila that I've been tasting, it's simply cut to bottling proof and straight to the bottling line. But the aged tequilas are placed in a variety of barrels for aging in their own warehouse. And bottling... Bottling, of course, is still all done by hand, and the bottles are made by artisans that do have the benefit of glass molds. Each is unique, and each is topped with the natural cork that comes out of Portugal, as nearly all cork does. Every bottle is first rinsed with Patron tequila before being filled with spirit. They're hand-capped, individually signed and numbered on the side label, before being wrapped by hand in the signature paper and boxed by hand creating Patron. As the brand says, simply perfect. And now, on to cocktails and consumption. When Patron was first conceived in 1989, Jean-Paul DeJoria and Martin Crowley were looking for a tequila that they could drink straight or neat. They were shooting tequila, but they wanted something they could sip. And I'd recommend that you still sip Patron, even the silver. 
Definitely the more aged ones, the Añejo or the Reposado. But of course, Patron, use it in any cocktail you would use tequila in. It's top-notch. It really is good. So whatever recipe calls for tequila, Patron will be a great option. So in summary, what do I think of Patron tequila and this silver in particular? It's good. I mean, always the quality of the spirit has been top-notch. There's a saying I know in marketing that brand is product and product is brand. Their two are inseparable. You can divert somebody's attention for a little while and say that something inferior is indeed superior, but people will eventually wise up and you can't keep the ruse up forever. Patron is not that. It is a real quality premium tequila that they put in a real quality premium packaging. And so they also, the thing I think I failed to mention, when they launched the brand, they were selling it for somewhere between $35 and $45 a bottle at the time when an average bottle of tequila could cost you about five bucks and an expensive bottle of tequila was at best 15. So they were way overpriced. But correctly, they knew, and this was led by Jean-Paul DeJoria, they knew that if it's something you're doing for yourself, you will treat yourself. And that is what Patron is. There's also a really good story here. I mean, I had the benefit of the Patron Way, the book that was written by Ilana, but her view is her view. And then I've seen a lot of videos and read interviews with Jean-Paul DeJoria, Not much from Martin Crowley himself, but have seen interviews from Ed Brown, and I will reference all of these in show notes as well. But it was a very public brand when it launched, and it caught the wave, probably the last wave before the internet and social media influencers and all that. They used traditional media through sponsorships of sporting events and John Paul DeJoria's salesmanship and connections with celebrities. Patron got out there early and it became tequila. It became premium tequila. It created this category that now has been just exploded and everybody else has followed on. So Patron sometimes can be knocked as like, eh, it's not that great of a product. There's better ones now. But honestly, Patron is top quality spirit. It is really good. Having a bottle of Patron on your bar will show a sign of quality and you'll never offend anyone by offering them Patron either as a gift or as a drink. You owe it to yourself to have some. If you're going to buy a quality tequila, go with the one that invented the category of premium tequila, Patron. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor in the Core Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes are on liquorinthecourconnoisseur.com. You can also find the show on your favorite podcast platform. The show's also on social media. Instagram and Facebook are where I'm most active. I love hearing from my listeners, so if there's a spirit you'd like me to feature in an upcoming episode, please do reach out. And as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>